Hey friends, welcome to Canon Faith. My name is Shelby and I am your host for today. Here we share relatable, real, and relevant topics for the everyday Christian woman. Today we are spending time together, just me and you. I still have guests planned um, to come and join me on the podcast in a couple weeks, but since my life is a dumpster fire mixed with a little grace, well, mixed with a lot of grace, I decided to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and start recording a few episodes here and there where it's just me and the mic and I'm sharing my experiences and words of wisdom. I really appreciate you joining me today. I felt God place a specific topic on my heart after I returned from Arizona last week. So I'm assuming someone out there needs to hear this conversation. Today, I am talking about rest, restoration, and hitting the reset button on life when life is just so chaotic. We are talking about maintaining peace when everything and everyone around us is dragging us down or dragging away peace from us, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. I also have a surprise announcement at the end of this episode, so make sure you stay tuned to find out what exciting news I have. Let's get started in this conversation about rest and restoration. I want to start with a verse from Hebrews 4.9. It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. So right away, God teaches us that rest is important. And remember that God and or Jesus is the perfect model for how we should be modeling our lives. Rest is essential. Even God of the universe took time to rest. So why then do we as human beings believe that we don't need rest? Why do we think that we are supposed to keep going even when God took a quote, self-care day? I really want to thank Stephanie Mae Wilson from Girls Night for opening up my mind to this idea of rest. Basically, most of us believe that resting means sleeping. But when we look at the people around us, or if you asked anyone off the street or in your life, they would probably say that they don't get enough sleep or at least not enough quality sleep. So if sleeping is the only way to rest, we are obviously in big trouble because I know I often don't get enough sleep or enough quality sleep. If sleeping was the baseline for rest and restoration, most of us would never experience real peace. I know for me, when I'm especially stressed, I barely sleep at all. I stay up and I think about everything that's going on because I didn't take the time to de-stress and disarm my defensive walls that I built up throughout the day. I love Deuteronomy 31.8. It says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. That verse is seriously so powerful to me in regards to being at peace in stressful situations and finding rest in God's presence. Knowing that God has gone before us in all things feels the same as when we find a girlfriend who is going through or has gone through a similar situation as us. Have you ever met someone, a girlfriend, who says that they are going through a tough breakup and it just so happens that you are or maybe you were not too long ago? We feel so much comfort and find so much validation in knowing that someone else is walking that same path and God has walked our same path and that's why he knows how important peace is when we struggle through deep waters. So how do we start the journey of learning to maintain peace? 
When I got back from Arizona, I realized how much I let stress affect my life. I don't want to have to fly across the country just to find peace and rest. Um, and I mean, I mean, if I could, I would. Don't get me wrong. So the first thing I did when I got back from Arizona was I listened to my body. And this is my first suggestion. Before making any decisions, what does your body need in that moment? When I got home, I wanted to do all the things. I wanted to clean, I wanted to write, I wanted to exercise, but I knew my body was physically struggling. While we are gonna talk about how sleep is not the only way to find rest, we know that it is a part of it. I realized that I would let stress build and build until I would literally collapse at the end of every day and I wasn't able to get my favorite workouts in or take time to do what I love, like reading or crafting or even just spending time with my friends and family. I would push myself at work until every part of me felt tense. I know tension is something we all deal with, but this tension would affect my personal life. If we don't actively work to de-stress several times a day, we quickly feel burnout. I think a lot of us feel burnout without even knowing that's what's happening to us. Now, burnout is a state of emotional exhaustion and physical exhaustion that is brought on by long periods of constant unrelenting stress and it leaves you feeling depleted. We don't wanna let ourselves get to the point of burnout before we actually do something about that burnout. It's just like that idea that you don't put oil in your car after it's broken down, you put oil in your car to make sure it doesn't break down. So the first thing I recommend is listening to your body and deciding what you need to do immediately. For me, it was physical and mental rest. For example, yesterday I talked with a coworker about stuff that was going on at work. We were venting about things we were dealing with and helping each other work through tough situations. And while this is very constructive, because I was venting, I felt my heart rate increase. And even after the phone call was over, I still felt anxiety and adrenaline. I needed to calm myself down in order to maintain the peace I wanted to carry throughout my day. So I turned off my computer for a few minutes. I turned on a meditation app and I took literally eight minutes to calm down so that I could face the rest of my day with a calm heart. If you have not listened to meditation minis on Spotify, I highly recommend it. Shell Hamilton has been helping me build better mindful habits for years. And in that moment, she gave me permission to ease the tension and remove myself from a conversation that had already ended. And maybe meditation isn't your cup of tea. Maybe for you, you do want to be in the word of God. And so when you take a moment to yourself, you open up your Bible and you read a couple chapters. Or maybe you grab your favorite book and you go sit on the couch or in your car and you read, again, a couple chapters. Whatever a couple minutes of de-stressing looks like for you, you have to prioritize it. Remember that nobody else is going to prioritize your physical, mental, or emotional health except for you. The second thing I recommend is something I am also embarking on. It's a journey of tidying up. And no, this is not me telling you to go do your chores because I have not done mine. 
According to Huffington Post, people with mild to severe issues with clutter found that their disorderly living spaces have a negative impact on their perception of their home and satisfaction with their overall lives. We don't have to go complete Marie Kondo on our living spaces, but seriously, she's onto something. I really love Matthew 6, 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. I love this because this encourages me to let go of things that do not serve me or my household. God has blessed my husband and I with a home and I don't want to fill it with worthless things. I want my home to feel welcoming and to remind me of all the things I love, like photos and mementos from vacations. There's no point in filling our homes to the brim when the Lord could literally call us away at any time. I don't know about you, but I want to feel ready for that day. One of my absolute favorite stories of a family, and I don't know where I heard it from. Essentially, a family built a home from the ground up. It was their dream home. It was everything that they wanted in a house for their family. But not long after they built their house, God so clearly told them that he wanted them to sell it to a family who needed it more than them. And they obeyed. And because God called them into that decision, they felt peace about whatever God was going to do with this new home that they built. That to me is an insane amount of obedience that I think we should all strive for. But it also shows us that we should be so confident and trusting in the Lord that no matter where he calls us, we feel peace about it because he cares about us and he sees more than we see in our future. He knows so much more than we know. And so being able to trust him and understand his character enough to know that he would never call us into something that would take peace away from us or make us feel unloved or forsaken is huge when it comes to understanding how important peace is to the Lord and how much he values that and wants peace for us. I'm not saying we all should be listening for God to tell us to sell our homes. I just think it was a really good example about how trusting in the Lord and resting in his promises will always bring us peace. Moving back to the second suggestion I have about tidying up, I know we all hate laundry, but don't you feel so much better once it's done? Does that mean uh, it's still going to sit in the basket for three weeks after I pull it out of the dryer? Absolutely. I hope I'm not the only one who does that. (laughs) The third way we can fight to maintain peace is taking an audit of our social circle. The Bible says it so plainly. Bad company ruins good morals in 1 Corinthians 15.33. I know this subject is a little touchy because most of us are sensitive creatures as God rightfully created us to be. So it's difficult for us to just say goodbye to negative people. But if you know anything about my testimony, aka you read my first book, then you know how transformative cutting out toxic people was for me in my life. Who we surround ourselves with is just as important as what we surround ourselves with. I'm sure someone comes to mind for you right now when you think of a person who has or is stealing your peace. I know it does for me. I I can't stress how important it is to address this issue. I'm not saying that we need to cut every single person out of our lives, although God might be calling you into a season of solitude like he did with me, but... 
we definitely need to take a hard look at who we let into our personal lives. When we're experiencing a lack of peace or rest in our lives, negative people can steal any sense of joy we have even when we felt like we didn't have any to give in the first place. Remember that we don't pour from our full cup, we pour from an overflow of our cup. So make sure that you have people in your life who make your cup feel overfilled. So how do we figure out what battle plan we need when it comes to maintaining peace? First, I want to read Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. This verse makes me think of how much easier it is to hear God and to make decisions and to understand our emotions when we are in a state of calmness. It's not that we have to pressure ourselves to be calm every minute, which is very impossible, but to strive to actively calm our hearts and minds when we feel overwhelmed or stressed. It's the idea of catching the stress as we feel it coming on rather than trying to mitigate the stress while we are already under the weight of it. As I said before, after a conversation with my coworker, I recognized that I felt shaky. So I made a choice that honored both God and the spirit within me. I turned away from the thing overwhelming my senses and took literally eight minutes to prioritize my mental health. I encourage you to take a few minutes to write down or think about at least three things that make you feel peace or that fill your cup. I'll share my three. Number one is definitely writing. I always feel like I can best express myself through writing. So of course, this is an activity that helps me drop back into my body when I feel like I am scattered across the state. Number two is talking to God. This can look different depending on the situation I'm in, but lately I've been challenging myself to talk to God out loud. And seriously, this has changed my relationship with him entirely. It is so much easier to accept the peace he's willing to give me when I'm talking to him as if he is right there with me because he is. Number three is crafting. I love to feel accomplished and proud after I finish a project. And lately I've been into coloring books like adult coloring books, um, but I also love to make baby blankets and garden and I love to make home decor. So what are three things that make you feel most refreshed and restored? According to Joshua Beck from the blog, Becoming Minimalist, concentrated rest for your mind, body, and soul are essential to reclaiming peace. Our bodies become healthier. God has only given us one body to take care of and pushing our bodies to the point of burnout is not a great way to steward a gift from God. We eat healthy, we exercise, and we drink plenty of water, maybe, <laughs> but at the same time, we allow our schedules to take control of our lives and we let people push our boundaries. Have you ever had a relationship suffer because of burnout? When we take the time to maintain our peace and intentionally rest, we are able to deepen and strengthen relationships that mean the most to us because we show up to those relationships in our best state of mind. When I was in Arizona, my cousin and I had many, many deep conversations about life, marriage, friendship, and faith. 
And because I felt refreshed while I was out there, I was able to soak in every ounce of wisdom we shared. And it also brought us closer. Think of it like this. We are sponges. And when a sponge is already filled with water, it can't soak anything up. But when we take the time to squeeze out our sponges, aka when we take time to de-stress and drop back into our bodies and maintain a state of calm, we are able to soak in what is really important in life, like friendships and love. And most importantly, it's so much easier to hear what God is saying to us. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus needed rest and so do you. Say that to yourself a couple times. Jesus needed rest and so do I. Even Jesus established boundaries in his life. Mark 4, 35 through 40 tells us that Jesus saw that there was work to be done. People needed healing, demons needed casted out, and lessons needed to be taught. But he ends up falling asleep on the boat with his disciples. Although the crowd was persistent and stressed about everything that needed to get done, Jesus knew that he needed to stop and rest. Even Jesus knew that he needed to stop and rest in the middle of a chaotic world. Even when we are working in the comfort of our calling, when we work all day and night, we can still feel burnt out. We don't have to have a quote, bad job or even a job that we don't like to feel burnt out. I really do love the quote that says, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life, but that is simply not true in every single case. Remember the definition of burnout is doing something unrelentlessly. Even if we are in, like I said, the comfort of our calling, we can absolutely burn ourselves out and work ourselves to death. Think about it like this. God absolutely adored creating us and the oceans and the trees and the mountains, but he still prioritized rest. When we don't add time to connect with him or others, we lose passion for activities that used to bring us joy. For a long time, I lost my love of writing because of burnout. Between work and school, I convinced myself that writing was a luxury, but for me, it was necessary to feel like myself again. I wish I could say that I overcame this negative mindset quickly, but burnout caused me to stop writing for years of my life. Writing was a way that I felt connected to God even before I really knew who God was. So putting that passion on the back burner made all the other burners that had less important things on them catch on fire. We have to recognize that things like work and school and parenting and running our businesses are all priorities and important things to focus on, but those things are going to suffer terribly if we aren't showing up as our best selves. Like, have you ever snapped at your kids or husband because you were exhausted from a long day, or have you ever decided to skip your favorite workout because you pushed yourself too hard while working with your team or on a project? How does that make you feel? For me, I don't feel as good as I want to the next day or the next day or the next day when I don't take several moments throughout my day to reconnect with myself and with God. Something I love to think about is the fact that God does not feel rushed. There have been so many times when I thought I knew better than God when it came to timing, and I think we've all experienced that before. I recently wrote about how if God had answered certain prayers of mine at the wrong time, meaning at the time I thought they should have been answered, I wouldn't have been emotionally or mentally ready to receive those blessings. Like, have you ever told yourself the right thing happened at the wrong time? Usually this happens to me when I don't align my heart with God's. 
I find that it's so much more difficult to know what God is saying to me when I surround myself with the noisiness and the busyness of the world. Remember that the enemy wants us to stay busy so that we forget how important it is to call on God in times of stress or overwhelm, and so that we forget that God's word is an unending well of life. I want to give you my favorite example of rest that I experienced in Arizona. So my cousin and I went to a place called Cathedral Rock for a hike. When she told me we were hiking, I was thinking of trees and a beaten path and quiet wind rustling the trees. But I was far from hitting the nail on the head with that one. We walk to what I think is the trailhead only to find that Cathedral Rock is indeed a rock. Like this hike entailed us to quite literally rock climb and scale and shimmy our way straight up a giant red rock where there were hardly any footholds and no one clear direction or path. The whole time I was climbing this rock, I was praying. I was absolutely terrified that I was going to lose my footing and tumble down the rock face, taking out all the innocent civilians behind me. Long story short, and 4,000 feet later, I made it up the rock alive. I'm finally sitting on a flat surface looking over Sedona, Arizona. There are more massive red rocks that are absolutely glowing in the sunlight. There's cool wind whipping around my face and the hills are as far as the horizon. So my cousin and I sit down and we eat snacks we packed and to hydrate. So in that moment, we decided that physical rest is what we needed after that ridiculous climb. But as I looked up at the enormous rocks towering over me, I decided to read scripture. That's what I decided that I really needed in that moment. I pulled up Psalm 90 and read it slowly, looking up at the landscape around me and thinking about how absolutely incredible God is. I was sitting in a spot God knew I would get to one day. I climbed a rock and he knew exactly which places I stepped going up. In that moment, the emotional and mental baggage I unwillingly took up that rock fell away, sinking down into the canyon below. That is the peace I knew I desperately needed to hold on to when I got back home. The peace of knowing that God created these big, beautiful rocks, and if he cared about the birds in the sky, if he dresses the lilies and calls me by name, there was no reason for me to ever for a second doubt his love and care for me. It's peace because I felt small in that moment, and I absolutely love that feeling. I love knowing that although God is bigger than the mountains, he still calls me chosen. That is how cared for and loved and esteemed we are by God. I really, really want you to prioritize your peace starting today. I know it's so easy to forget what true peace feels like. And I know we are fed lies about how we need to stay busy and we need to keep hustling and we need to prove to the world that we're doing better than ever. But success in my eyes isn't how much money is in our bank accounts. It's not how many titles a person has or how busy their schedule is. I want to know how a person praises God. I want to know how they serve God who calls them out by name. I personally want to be successful in my relationship with God. And that is something we can all achieve by prioritizing and actively maintaining the peace he gives us through Jesus so that we can accomplish all that he has called us into. Without his peace, we are in pieces.
I wanted to circle back to what I said earlier in the episode about the girls night episode um, regarding rest. So this is episode number 133 on the girls night podcast. It's called what to do when you feel tired all the time. And basically Stephanie and her guests talk about the seven types of rest. And we already touched on a few of them in this episode. We touched on things like creative rest, spiritual rest, physical rest. There are other types of rest and that episode goes way more in detail about them than than I have. So I highly encourage you to go and listen to that and I'll have that linked in the show notes below. I know this was a really short episode, but I just felt God put it on my heart to share this with somebody because um, like I said, I'm assuming not only me, but other people needed to hear it. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really love this conversation and I always love sharing my heart with you. Now for the big announcement. I am in the middle of writing my third book. It's called Deep Waters. Right now, the subtitle reads 90 days of prayer when you're struggling to protect your peace. Hence the episode. So that subtitle could totally change in the next few months, so don't hold me to that one. The past few months have been some of the toughest months of my life in really crazy ways. Without getting into a ton of detail, I've been battling anxiety, uncertainty, fear, and loneliness. I was talking to God one day, and he told me that he wanted me to start writing another book. And I know it was him because I did not want to start writing another book. I told him straight up that I was in no position to write a book because I was just a hot mess. How could I teach or lead anyone when I was struggling with so much in my life? He said to me, plain and simple, that he wanted me to write about what I'm going through now as I'm going through it rather than after the fact, rather than after he got me through it. I didn't act on it right away. I needed another confirmation from him, but of course I got it. So when I did, I started writing even when I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go in. So as I started writing the outline of the book, passion and motivation sparked within me. All of a sudden, I've written over 100 pages and I'm unbelievably excited as I look forward to completing more steps in the publishing process. I can't wait to tell you more about the book as it unfolds and develops, so make sure that you follow me on Instagram so you don't miss any details about the book, and especially so you don't miss the launch. Friends, I seriously hope you enjoy this episode. I really liked doing this. I know, like I said, I know it was kind of short, but this was kind of new for me and I actually really enjoyed it. If you are interested in supporting Canted Faith, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first one is always subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as leaving an honest review. You guys have no idea how much I love reading the reviews of my show and my book. It absolutely warms my heart and it really is a confirmation that I am leaning into what God has called me to do. Another way you can support me and the show is going to the link in my bio, not in my bio, in my show notes that says buy me a coffee. This is a simple and easy way to support the show with just a few extra dollars. Thank you guys for joining me. I will talk to you guys next Friday. Bye for now.